Notice I'm, notice, I'm noticing this about sports fans on social media the last 24 hours. Because we are bound to find out who's on Jeffrey Epstein's list, apparently that client list is going to come out on January 1st. Those documents are going to be unsealed. And there's about 200 really prominent names on that list. Oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm noticing is that it's funny, but it's not because it's so serious, this mm-hmm. list. And the disgusting crimes that may have been committed. Yep. But sports fans are begging for people they don't like to be on the list. What? <laughs> yes. Like, like Carolina Panther fans are hoping their owner is on the list. Oh. <laughs> I've seen Jet fans say the same. And it's like, it's, I don't want to join in in something like that because that's kind of screwed up. That's, oh, yeah. I mean, it's disgusting. But I have noticed that over the last 24 hours that in anticipation of this list coming out where we may get some, you know, prominent names, that there are some hoping that they get names of people they do not like and so those people can go away. Wow. Wow. (laughs) I met a lot of people in my years living on the Upper East Side. Being in that world, I am glad I'd never met that man. (laughs) I would say, if you've ever met that guy, and you don't even know, well, then again, you know what you've done. But if you've ever met that guy, you're probably scared you know what over the next two weeks. Of course. But yeah, what I read is, for those that are curious about it, the documents would be unsealed on January 1st. So it would be a New Year's Day kind of... Isn't that kind of a news dump, though? I think that's just the law that that's when it would be unsealed. I don't think anyone's doing that on purposely. It's just that that's when those documents would be unsealed well, I mean, on January 1st, so 2024. on that list might get lucky then because people might be hungover. No. No. Like, no. Forget about it for a couple of days. There are certain news dumps that don't exist. <laughs> I mean, there are certain things that, like, yeah, you may not hear about it on January 1st. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. But by January 2nd, especially if it's as prominent as we have surmised, yeah, they're not surviving because a few people may be, you know, drunk on New Year's Day or hungover. Yeah, you're probably right. So keep an eye on that. That's something to look forward to. We get that first or Yamamoto? <laughs> <laughs> I think we get Yamano- Yamamoto on Saturday. That's my official prediction. We're going to get it on Saturday. By the way, coming up, we hear from Aaron Boone in terms of Yamamoto. He had some things to say about their meeting. But for the Giant fan, and please do not hate me for saying this, I just think it's interesting, and I think it's something that's worth knowing going into Christmas Day against the Philadelphia Eagles. The New York Jets are eliminated. They have no chance. There's Mm -hmm. nothing I could say right now that could spin them having a shot at the playoffs with three weeks to go because they're eliminated. The New York Giants do have a shot. It's obviously a long shot, but it could happen. Right now, if they win out against the Eagles and the Rams, they have a 28% chance to make the playoffs. Tonight... The New Orleans Saints play the Los Angeles Rams. If the Los Angeles Rams win that game tonight, the odds jump up a little bit to 33%. goes up a little bit. If the Saints win tonight, the odds go all the way down to 19%. So clearly you need the Rams to win. If the Titans beat the Seahawks over the weekend, all of a sudden you have a 50% chance to make the playoffs by winning out. And by the way, I would think the Titans at home, are they going to be favorites in that game? Yeah, what is the line mm. on that game, by the way? I, no, no, I doubt it. Probably not. Is yeah. Levis hurt? That's a problem. Levis well, is banged up. Yeah. And who's the quarterback for Seattle? Is Drew Lock going to play again? Or are they going back to Geno? I think Geno's on on track to play. But again, I'm calling that game. So I can't yeah, you're over, 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 over talk about it. Oh, is that it, but, the game you're doing? Yeah, but I guess what? Um, you better be rooting for the Titans, then, buddy. <laughs> Seattle's favored by three. Yeah. Okay, but you'd admit like that could go either way. 
If the Lions beat the Vikings, all of a sudden your playoff chances jump up to 54%. But here's the big one. This is the big one that you need, Teak. If the Carolina Panthers can beat the Green Bay Packers, Ugh. the New York Jets would have uh, the New York Giants would have a 62% chance to make the playoffs by winning out. Moral of the story, you're alive. I'm not doing this thing with the Panthers again. Why? You're alive. They, they, right. they, we used the Panther bullet last week. Right. The Giants screwed it right. up. The they, Panthers not winning to an row. That's right. They needed a horrendously rainy, terrible day and a horrendous, terrible Atlanta Falcons offense to win that game on a 17-play, seven-and-a-half-minute drive to win that okay. game. Okay. Well, guess what? You realize uh, in that game there was only two possessions in the fourth quarter? <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> one was, was like eight minutes and one was like seven. Even if the Panthers don't help you, if those other things happen I described, 50% chance to make the postseason. Yeah. That, uh, come on, can, we, can we be honest? Like, that's not the worst no, in the dude, world. Not, but you just got to – You got to win out. You got to – well, forget winning out. That's that's the obvious. That, that was the case last week. You just have to rely on improbability to happen. That, that's why it's frustrating. I, I get so it. if you get your so here's here's why you don't do that because you have to get your your emotion up to accept that you you're going to win out which is unlikely and then you got to rely on improbable circumstances to happen in order for you to, to 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 fulfill it and so it just gets it's layered frustration the you know re- what I mean I, I totally get this it's better th- than being zero well this right? is why but it's still not comforting i'm not saying it's comforting i'm certainly not even saying it's likely i don't think you're gonna win out but when you wonder like would you think this if this was your team how would you feel if this wasn't your team your team not your team i know if this was my team i'd be saying the exact same thing because what i want as a fan is hope i do even if the hope isn't high i want hope and while i am not selling you it's likely i'm not telling you it's going to happen you have three weeks to go in a football season, and there's a chance. Doesn't mean it's a good one. No, you're playing somewhat relevant December football. And by the way, and that's well, important. And those results I just described will all be known by the time you take the field on Christmas Day against the Philadelphia Eagles. Right. So you'll know, hey, wow, a lot of things broke our way. Wow, we beat the Eagles. We're on our way. We got a shot. Of course, I wouldn't bet on it. I'm not telling you it's going to happen, but I'm jealous. Honestly, I'm truth. I'm jealous. As pissed off as I've been at the Jets this season, I would have loved to have even a microscopic chance well, to if, be in the postseason. If you did, if the Giants were the Jets this year, Aaron Rodgers would probably be playing. I, I agree with you, right? I think that even if the odds were as low as this, but there was still that shot, I think Aaron Rodgers would have gone out there and played. Mm-hmm. And it would have changed the way we look at the next three weeks. Because truthfully, if you're a Jet fan looking at Sunday, like, do you care? I mean, you care because there's only 17 of them, but... You don't care about the commander, so you're not facing a rival that you want to stick it to. It's You're going through the motions on Christmas Eve no, watching no, that game. No, you should be heavily motivated. you no. got to have Aaron Rodgers practice all week. Okay, thank, thank you. Well, I was told it mattered. It matters when he practices, not the game that's actually played but on that Sunday. But that should have an impact on the team if it's so important he practices. You know what? You're annoying me. <laughs> I was going to get you a Christmas gift. I decided not to. You could give me a uh, double now. Yeah. By the way. You want double? Yeah. Now, I'm, even, now I'm in, well, I don't on. even know what I was about to get him. 
cash. Now, here's the deal. No, I was getting him uh, food, but all right, I'll give you two bags of peanuts. Two bags of peanuts. No, I was getting him this homemade spaghetti, but Lugie wants it. It's yours. You got it. I'm good, thanks. By the way, the only number that you <laughs> threw out there that really, really matters, because you threw a lot of numbers out there to mask your argument, is 28%. That's the chance of making it if you run the table. What is the chances of running the table, though? Then you have to factor that into the 28%. No, you don't. Yes, you do. No, no. Obviously, the Giants have to win their games. We know that. But and what's that percentage? It's very, very low. Okay, and then you threw out 62%, but that number can change week by week. The guy <laughs> listening or gal in the car goes, hey, Evan, we got a 62% no, chance. No. You're misleading Giant fans. I'm yes, not misleading Giant fans. He's doing that on purpose. Of course he is. Way. He's being a jerk. This is the troll. No, I would this say the, this, this same... This is the weeks-long troll. Yeah, you, you guys are so wrong about this, because if this was the Jets, I would do the exact same thing. You have a chance to make the playoffs. Again, yeah, you, you could can... artificially inflate your own team's it's ego. It's not artificial. No, don't, yeah, do it it to, don't do it for the other team. You're giving us factual numbers based on an infactual outcome. You don't think the Giants can win three in a row? Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. No. Well, did you watch this year? <laughs> but what is that percentage? Yeah, so so what Lugie was, was saying, because you're right. If the, if the Giants win three in a row... It's 28% that they're going to make the postseason. Yes. But what's the percentage of the Giants? What's the percentage that the Giants are going to win three in a row? Incredibly low. They're playing the Eagles twice. Right. No so, kidding. So what's that percentage? Under 1%. Well, so that, then you have to multiply that percentage by the percentage oh, of them. Stop. I, 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 I agree. I'm this taking the calculator. This, this is like, so right, they might have a 28%. Chance if they win all three games, but the probability of them winning all three games and, and then compounding to that twenty eight percent, it's it's like it's tiny. You guys are the worst. Uh, we're not. You guys are the worst. Because she's Obviously. right. That's the real number. Evan. Obviously, they have to win three in a row, and it's unlikely. I acknowledge that. I'm just saying the things that have to help you are not as improbable as you like to think. That's all I'm saying, all right? But if the answer is if this 1% chance thing happens, and look at this, you'll have a 28% chance. Yes. That's actually really bad news. <laughs> look, right now the New York Giants have less than a 1% chance of making the playoffs. Okay? Oh. Because they okay. don't think you can beat the Eagles twice and beat the Rams. Uh. I thought that maybe Sean, maybe Tiki, maybe even Lugie would have a little bit of confidence in the watch. great Tommy Look, DeVito and the New York we're, Giants. We're going to watch anyways. We'll see what happens. One All game right. at a time, Tiki. One game at a time. Exactly. All right. Let's go to Dino in South Plainfield. Hey, Dino. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, Love man. The show, man. Good. What's up? Uh so I've been a Bears fan for almost over 30 years. Wow. I lived with this guy, Aaron Rodgers, and I tormented by him. You know, this is who he is. I'm telling you, I almost 99% believe this guy knew he was not going to play this year. He ran it. I have all the brother. He's a delusional Jeff fan. Kept thinking he's coming back, coming back, coming back. 
the guy was never coming back. This is his game. This is how he is. I mean, I think even a few years back, his brother said this is exactly who he is. Well, he's out of falling he out with his family. Attention. Yeah, so I don't want to use his yeah, brother as I mean, an example. This yeah. is who he is. <laughs> no, but I'm saying this is he's always been like this. Yeah, but Dino, it's, you know what? Be, what sucks about uh, what you're saying is we're never going to know the answer. Like, we're not going to know my answer either. Like, I think Aaron Rodgers tried to come back. And I think that if the Jets were playing relevant games, he would have played. Would he have played well? I don't know. I think he would have played. And your point is, I think he's an attention whore. He never had a chance to come back. And what stinks, and I think this is my overall frustration as a fan, is that the Jets weren't even good enough to make it a possibility. Because once they were eliminated, he wasn't going to push his way to come back at 70%. Yeah. No, those two things are actually mutually exclusive. Right, they're not the same. The fact that he was an attention whore didn't mean that he wasn't also trying to come back. I believe that he was trying to come I back. I do too. Thank you. I so do. it doesn't mean I'm just being some naive guy who's in this cult of Aaron Rodgers. Like I took him at his word for the last two months that he was trying intently to come back. The fact he's practicing, the, pra- the fact he's even looking like a guy who could be on an mm-hmm. NFL field shows that he was a lot closer than any of us could have imagined. Yes. And it just stinks that this franchise yeah, it, was so inept they couldn't have been good enough to even give this a chance. Here's the thing. The the team doctors, they have a responsibility that has nothing to do with emotion. Right? They're not mm-hmm. trying to motivate the team. They're not trying to motivate a fan base. If they cleared him, which they did to practice, then he was cleared to practice. Yeah. That's 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 as clear as day. So he clearly did more than I think most people thought he was going to be able to do. I'm talking doctors, anyone who's had this type of injury or known someone who's had this type of injury because he was cleared by their staff to practice. Mm-hmm. And that tells you a lot about what he was trying to do to get back. It wasn't just him being a media whore. Yes. Lee on Long Island. Good afternoon, Lee. Good afternoon. First off, really quick regarding the Giants and their, and their chances. You guys are all trusting the math of a guy who couldn't multiply 17 times 3 two days ago. So <laughs> let's, let's pump the brakes yeah, on the math. Right. 40, all right. I mean, unless he has a fifth grader. 49, right? Yeah, no, it was 49 when he said. <laughs> unless he has a fifth grader checking his work, I don't trust it. So uh, that's for Secondly, uh, you have to know. Lee, by the way, I don't know how they teach yeah. math anymore, and I'm being serious. So <laughs> I don't know if I would, I would. I happen to be a math teacher. Oh, do you? Oh. So I know how they teach math. Wow. So I happen to know that. So you know. And I do know that 17 times 3 is not 49. I yeah, do know that. Lee, I know you're not going to believe me. And I and I totally get why you wouldn't. So in school, I had two classes I was really good at. I struggled at science, just wasn't interested mm-hmm. in it. And I was really good at history. And I was really good at math, believe it or not. And I don't know what happened. It's yeah. almost like I got washed up. It's almost like I'm this washed-up athlete that forgot how to do something well. well no, I you used to be practice. good at math. You have, Lee, you know this because you teach it. You have to practice Well, you know what I think it is? You know what I think it is, Tiki and uh, Mr. Lee? I, I don't know your yeah. last name. I want to have respect for you as a teacher. <laughs> I think the calculator got me lazy. Mm. That's not it. Advancement in baseball stats. It's no longer about batting average anymore. It's OPS. <laughs> it's this. It's DVOA. It's just that could be that could be it too. Go ahead, Lee. I'm sorry. All right. So, um, re- regarding Aaron Rodgers and uh, what you were saying, um, here's why I think you're being disingenuous, and I and I don't think you mean to be disingenuous. I don't Thank think you. you're intentionally trying to deceive people. I think Thank you. <laughs> you don't see it. Thank you. I think here's why. If last year. Aaron Rodgers went to the New England Patriots 
and he was on that team, he tore his Achilles, and he was coming back this year, you would be laughing about the Patriots bringing him back next year going, he's washed up, that team is washed up, they're not going to make any noise. I'm much more worried about Tua and Josh Allen than I am about Rodgers on that team. You would have no respect for him on that team if he was on the Patriots right now. And you would even be acknowledging they're probably going to end up drafting Marvin Harrison Jr. or whoever, you know, who, you know, and try to get better. But you wouldn't even consider them a threat to the Jets, except for the fact that the Jets are terrible. I, I think that, okay, there may be some truth to that, but I want to try to give you an honest answer. I think I would view the Bills and the Dolphins as bigger threats, but I think I would still genuinely be more scared of a returning Aaron Rodgers than I would be of them starting over and drafting a quarterback. In the short term. In the short term. Obviously, mm-hmm. in the long term, you never know. You draft the right guy, all of a sudden this division is loaded with quarterbacks. But I do think in the short term, I would view Aaron Rodgers as a guy that would be a bigger threat to me than anybody you draft. And here's the other difference. And this is before they traded for him, and I stand by this. And I'm curious if you feel the same way about him. I never felt, despite the bad year he had last year, that he was done. I never got the Brady no. feel. Because I used to say on the radio, I think Tom Brady's done. Bring him to the Dolphins. I'm not scared of him. I genuinely thought that about Tom Brady. And to prove that point, whenever it was rumored, oh, the Jets should go after Tom Brady, I was dead set against it. Yeah, I didn't no want the guy. Do. Right. I still think Rodgers has something left. Now, he comes out for seven weeks of next year, and he's struggling. Mm-hmm. I obviously reserve my right to say, right. whoa, I think I got that one wrong. Yeah, well, it's, it's again, it's just hard to know. Because I remember this conversation that we would have around Tom Brady and it would I was more in I I want to say awe because he was two years younger than me he's still playing in the NFL it's <laughs> like how I've been retired for 17 years 16 years and here's Tom Brady granted different position doesn't get hit etc et but he's still two years younger than me a year ago right and he's playing in the NFL it just never made sense but that was Tom and so Aaron in this in this you know, same kind of conversation is eight years younger than me. So it feels like he's closer to playing than, you know, than, than not. But it also, he's 40 years old, right? 40-year-olds don't do this, right? And, and, and really any, I guess in hockey you do. But in other sports, it's really hard to get this long. And if you, if you do, you are the exception. It's not the rule. It's not, it's not, you know, standard practice to be able to go that far. But you know what else? And I think this does cloud my judgment because I really want to be honest about why I come to the conclusion of believing in him. I think Kevin Durant clouds my judgment. And I want to explain that. Kevin Durant tore his Achilles at age 32 years old. Good point. He should have been done as a basketball player. He was done. Right. Like, one thing we were taught, and this is why, genuinely, no, no, like, making fun of Knicks Nets or anything, mm-hmm. there were a lot of Knicks fans and Nets fans who did not want to sign him after the Achilles injury, saying, well, no one's really come back from it other than Dominique. Yeah. And, like, how much are you going to get from and him? Dom, Dominique was a freak athlete. Absolutely. From, from that previous generation. And I'll walk you through that period of time. At first, I didn't want him. Mm-hmm. For the first week, I was like, can't do it. Guy just tore his Achilles. Like, what the hell are we doing? And then as the weeks got closer, I said, screw it. I'll take the risk. Right. You know, why the hell not? Let's see. We know what happens with him. He misses a year, and he comes back. And the only thing that Kevin Durant has missed in the three years he's come back with is the inability to stay healthy consistently. Mm-hmm. He didn't have it with the Nets. He doesn't have it with Phoenix. But when that man is on the court, and I say this with the ultimate respect, he can ball. Yeah. 
And there's no denying it. And his recovery from Achilles injury is one of the great recoveries sports has ever seen. Whether he's on my team or not, I have to call it like it is. I have respect for what he's been able to do. The only thing he's lost is the reliability of playing every game. So after seeing that, yes, Rodgers is older. Yes, it's a different sport. I think I say, well, why can't he be great? Mm-hmm. Now, maybe he won't play 17 games. Yeah. That's why well, a backup is so important. But I think he can do it the way I just saw Kevin Durant do yeah, it. Yeah, and the challenge will be, because it's even more important in football, is if he is not reliable to play all 17 games, who is? You better get a backup. Right. So it's going to really matter. The and two, it can't be Zach Wilson. 100%. There are two things that Joe Douglas will need to address. There's more than two, but the two mm-hmm. things that top my list. Because I hear a lot about, go get another playmaker, go trade for Devontae Adams. It's not that I don't want Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. Sure, bring him in. But I would prioritize, obviously, the offensive line. That goes without saying and rebuilding it. But I would prioritize a backup quarterback. It is a hell of a lot more important than most years. Like when the Giants used to bring in a backup, like when David Carr was Eli's backup, mm-hmm. you almost chuckled and say, oh, great, he holds the clipboard. <laughs> this isn't that anymore. No. Like you're not bringing in a backup quarterback to say he's holding a clipboard and he's never going to play. Like Aaron Rodgers will probably miss games next year. I hope it's not 17. <laughs> I hope mm-hmm. it's not 13. But hopefully that number's like two or three. And in those two or three, you need a capable backup. And that's why those two things, the line and a backup quarterback, to me, are going to be their greatest priorities. Like trading for Devontae Adams is going to be like the splash move. And I, I can't deny I wouldn't be excited about it. Right. But, but there's other things. Yeah. Much more important things. Yes. Lorenzo in Queens. What's up, Lorenzo? Yeah, Merry Festivus. Merry Festivus for the rest of us. What's up, Lorenzo? <laughs> And for the grievance for Rodgers, I think he he, uh, he could have done a lot more to lobby for a better quarterback room. So if you want more wins, you know, put down Rodgers, but not having you know you know anyone but Zach Wilson, anyone but Tim Boyle behind him. So whether it's non-threatening, he should have convinced the you know he should have convinced Douglas not to double triple down on on Zach. That's a t- I mean, really, like we're we're mad at Aaron Rodgers because he didn't storm into Joe Douglas's office and say, "Get these bozos off my roster." <laughs> That's a very tough. No, nah, you can't give that. You can't make him do that. Let's be real. We all know what Aaron thought of Zach Wilson when he came in, when he sold Joe Douglas on. Oh, yeah, no, I'll work with him for two years. Mm-hmm. It was, don't draft a quarterback the next two years because I don't want to deal with what I dealt with with Jordan Love. Sell Joe Douglas and Robert Sala. You could help be the magic elixir. And then when Rodgers taps out and he didn't actually develop Wilson, they're both out of there and they're screwed. You well, know what I mean? Cr- he's actually been pretty supportive. Of Jordan Love after he left. After he left. <laughs> after he left. And he's been supportive of Zach Wilson because he knew in the end, Zach stinks. You're very creative. Like, you write fan fiction. Like, did you do that when you were in high school? Did you write, like, creative learning or something? Because you're write. writing fan fiction right now about what you want to have had happen. No, I'm just, I, you know what uh, I, I would compare myself to? Uh, and, oh, no, I'm getting the wrong word. Uh, you called yourself an Oculus? What? Oh, an, an Oculus. An just, idiot. Just um, let him go. No, no, no one say a word. Just let him figure it I'm out. I'm having a moment online. It's uh, a word that I thought was fake. Mm-hmm. It, oh, where the Warriors used to play. Oracle. 
<laughs> I'm being an oracle. I'm seeing things that you couldn't see, as Evan tried to paint last <laughs> he used week. The Warriors Arena. To get the name. How did you? Why did you associate it with? Because that? I remember last week I didn't know what the word meant when Evan called them that. I said, "Isn't oh, that just where the Warriors oh, play?" Because he used it, it about Steph Curry. I did. I was the oracle. By I the way, be- that's off to a bad start. Yeah. Steph's like lifting the Warriors yes. back up. Right. I know they're actually good now. <laughs> I'm being an oracle. I'm telling you things that I could see that you didn't see, and that's exactly what happened. He came in. Oh, yeah. Zach Wilson. I, I'll fix him for you. A.K. Do not touch drafting a quarterback. I want all the assets spent on me. I'm just telling you, pal. It's not being fan fiction. It's being real. It does feel like a fan fiction. No, it feels like a fan fiction because you've already drank the Kool-Aid. You can't see anything non-Rogers cold. I'm not drinking any Kool-Aid. I'm calling out your BS. I'm calling out everybody's BS. You think I'm full of BS. Except Rogers. Listen, if you came up with something that's a fair criticism of Aaron Rodgers, I'll rip him. You want me to think of it myself? Do I have to do all the work around here? You want me to think of the criticism of Aaron Rodgers that would make me say, you know what? That's a fair criticism. Aren't you about to be in a car for 20 hours? Think then. Call us next week. No, yeah. I, I got one right now. All right. But it's fan fiction. Okay? Here we go. If Joe Douglas, and I still have to trust Joe Douglas as the GM of this team. Here's Qualified the way I view it. somebody else. You're Excuse absolving me? Aaron Rodgers by qualifying with Joe Douglas. No, so keep going. No, hold on. Always. This is right. his game, team. Exactly. There's, there's no game. Right. I'm He's undercutting you... his own argument before he gives his argument. It's the Colt game, as <laughs> we're calling it. I'm going to tell you a way I'd criticize Aaron Rodgers. That's all. <laughs> I have to trust Joe Douglas as GM. As long as he's the general manager of this team, guys got to make decisions, even though some of them have been very, very bad. Mm-hmm. If Joe Douglas says, holy crap, I'm in love with Jaden Daniels. Mm. I love this guy. This isn't just a good quarterback prospect. This is the guy I want. In fact, if I had my pick of any quarterback in this draft, that's who I'd want. Okay? And Jaden's sitting right there for the Jets at six. And Jaden Daniel uh, and Joe Douglas calls up his friend Aaron Rodgers and says, "Yo, hey Rodgers, what's going on?" And Aaron Rodgers is like, "What's up, Joe? How you doing? We're drafting a wide receiver, an offensive lineman." And Joe says, "Look, you're 40. You're coming off an Achilles, and I love Jaden Daniels. I think this guy is going to be great. I think we've got the line of succession perfect now. But we we're still gonna, have Zach Wilson. Uh, we're going to get rid of Zach Wilson. <laughs> and I told Aaron Rodgers, this is what I'm going to do. But I want to show you the class and the respect." of letting you know ahead of time. I don't want you to find out because Mel Kuyper Jr. said it on TV. And if Aaron Rodgers gives me lip, I'm going to give it back to him. I'm going to play Aaron Rodgers. Why even give him the courtesy? Because I think that respect matters in this business. And I think showing a future Hall of Famer, hey, we just want to bring you into the circle. Like, I think that matters, dude. He, He is the circle. That's why your example doesn't matter. But okay, I'll play Aaron Rodgers back. All right, Joe. I mean, I understand where you're coming from. Are you going to help me out in the second round with an offensive lineman or a wide receiver? Your answer? Well, well we don't have a second-round pick oh. because we traded it for you. So you're not taking Jaden Daniels, Joe. That's what Aaron Rodgers And that's saying. my red line. Like I'm, I'm just telling you, that's where I'd say, no, you're wrong. While I still lean towards not even taking a quarterback, if my GM believes, like, standing on the, the table, mm-hmm. this is the guy, oh, my God, what an opportunity. This is a Patrick Mahomes right. 2.0. This is going to change our franchise. I've seen it. Yeah. We we have the, we have to have this yes. guy. And you believe it that strongly. I'm taking him. Uh, and then when Rodgers tells you, okay, then I'm going to retire. You can't trade me. I, I, if that's my red line. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, that's my red line. Mm-hmm. Then that would cause our breakup. Yeah. That would right. cause our breakup. Right. Like, glad, you, I'm glad it's something. I just gave it to you. I know. I said I'm glad it's something. I Because while I may not want to draft a quarterback, if I believe that I got the guy and he's sitting right there in front of me and this is too good to be true, I can't pass up on this because it's so good, that's my red line. Okay. Thank you.
All right. I'm glad Good. there is one. We're all on the same page. Evan and Tiki on the fan. Bad Tiki's an hour away. We hear from him for the final time in 2023. And Tommy DeVito continues to grow as a star. We'll explain coming up in a little bit. But Aaron Boone, I think he was doing a charity event today. So good job by Aaron. And, of course, media members went there and they said, yo, tell me more about Yoshinabu Yamamoto. Where we stand with Yamamoto right now is that there's a 45-day period from when he was posted to when he has to sign. That deadline is January 5th, but everything needs to be done by January 5th. So the assumption is he has to sign at least a week before that date. So you're looking at the next week, maybe the next couple of days, maybe the next week and a half, and the Yankees have been remarked as a front runner. The Dodgers have been remarked as a front runner. The Mets are sort of in it. I, as a Met fan, don't think they're going to get him. Yankee fans are starting to realize that while they want Yamamoto, and he would certainly improve their rotation and certainly improve their chances at winning a World Series in 2024, he would probably also lessen their chances at re-signing Juan Soto. So here is Aaron Boone. Now set this up, Sean, on what Aaron Boone decided to tell us about that secret meeting they had with Yamamoto. Okay, the first one I will set you up with is we, we wondered what is real and what is not fan fiction about Hideki Matsui's involvement. Mm. And Boone tells us Hideki Matsui's involvement. A long history of success with, with Japanese yeah. players. Do you think that that may play a role in his decision? To I hope so. You, you hope that's all part of the baked into hopefully it being us, you know. Um, and certainly, you know, certainly he was aware of a lot of that. Um, and, and it's something that we talk about, too, um, that, you know, we have had a pretty good track record going back now several, several seasons. You know, I got to see... When I came over, when I got traded in 03, it was Matsui's first year, and you saw how that went. And, and from there, you know, with, whether it's Kuroda, Tanaka, and on and on, Ichiro coming at the end of his career. So hopefully that stuff is things that matter and add up, And but we'll see. Did you guys bring in any of those guys, Matsui, Tanaka? We did not bring them in. Uh, we did some things with uh, Hideki. Uh, and, you know, from videos and, and you know, jerseys and things like that. So uh, they, they were involved but never present at a meeting. I can't get enough of the Christmas music. It's, right. it's, for the record, Boone is at an event, a charity event, where kids are getting hey, presents. Can you let them get back to the kids? <laughs> I mean, by the way, that felt optimistic when it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas is playing as he's talking That's about Yamamoto. True. The signs were all there that you guys are getting them. <laughs> and, and by the way, it's not clipped there, but the belief is that Matsui sent him a signed Hideki Matsui Yankee jersey along with the video telling him what it's like to play. That's Jordan. very nice. I mean, listen, just because you're a professional athlete, like, well, well, you know what? We have one with us right now. Yes. If all of a sudden, and obviously you were drafted, but let's say the Giants were recruiting you. Yes. Okay. They were the ones saying, we want you to sign with us. And all of a sudden, you got a signed jersey from Lawrence Taylor, mm. who you damn well know. Right. You know he's the greatest defensive player right. on the planet. Wouldn't you have been like, that's kind of cool? I would have said, what the hell does that have to do with me? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> I love LT. Well, what the hell does that have to do with me? So you're on Sean's side. That really does nothing no, for Yamamoto. Absolutely nothing. I, I want to be as transparent as you're possible. You're about to make millions of dollars, like multiple hundreds of millions of dollars. Does it matter that you have a signed jersey? And if you really wanted one, after you sign the deal, you'll probably get it yourself. If the Mets, if it came out that the Mets had Doc Gooden send 
Yamamoto a signed Doc Gooden jersey. Yeah. We would crush them. Mm. Crush It them. is a little different because of the the Japanese okay. lure that Matsui probably has as someone that came over and yeah. not only had success, was a World Series MVP. He needs to sign Matsui. We just bet to make $300 million. I, I got to defend the Yankees on this. And the other thing I want to defend them on is the video. Like, apparently at the end of this, I, I, I know we were all distracted by the Christmas music, but Hideki Matsui sent him a video. So he wasn't there in person. It yeah. wasn't FaceTime. Mm-hmm. I know it's different, but there was a video that impacted Shohei Otani signing, and that was the video of the late Kobe Bryant, right, right. which a lot of people could have viewed as just weird. Like, wait a second. I this guy passed away weird. a few years it ago. felt odd. Yeah. I mean, that could have backfired in a lot of ways. Well, they didn't. I don't think unless, they had... Unless it was a foregone conclusion. Right. <laughs> that he was going to L.A. I mean, right. he may have just said, there's nothing you could do to screw this right. one up. <laughs> Sorry about that. All right, so that's the Matsui involvement. What else from Alan uh, Booney? So Booney said he spoke to Yamamoto about what it's like to pitch for big games and the rivalries. Oh. Who are the Yankees' rivals, uh, the Astros and the Red Sox? Can he ask you about playing in New York or the Yankees that sticks out? I don't think that sticks out, you know. Um, you know, we talked about some different rivalries and, uh, you know, this, what's the stadium like in playoff environments or big regular season games against the Red Sox or, you know, we, we open the season in Houston, um, you know, so we, we talk about those things and that, that you can see those competition things kind of light them up a little bit. So oh. Oh. <laughs> I can't get over the music. I know. I can't even listen to what I didn't hear a word Aaron Boone said. What do you say? <laughs> I'm enamored by the live right, Christmas music. Right. The backdrop of music is so distracting. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and I do have one more video for you. That okay, what's the song behind it? I don't know the song behind it, but again, just another hokey Yankee moment mm. in what they're doing with Yamamoto. Okay. Uh, let's hear what the Yankees did to their big closing finale here for Yamamoto, okay? You point out to him that 18 is open for him? Oh, yeah, we shared that. <laughs> I gave him that jersey. Oh, you already gave so him. It's his if he wants if he wants to keep it. <laughs> so if you couldn't make it out of the music, they gave him an 18 Yankee jersey that it's yours if you want to you keep know, it. You know, I don't know if you've ever heard this story. So when Jose Reyes left the Mets, he signed with the Miami Marlins. And I forget who the team president or the GM was at the time, but apparently they met Jose at a bar okay. to, like, talk over free agency. And he's wearing, like, a trench coat. Like, he's wearing a suit, like, all that. And apparently, this is so perverse, he goes up to Jose Reyes and says, let me show you something. And he opens up the trench coat, and it's a Jose Reyes Marlins jersey. Okay. Which I think is so weird. Like, what, are you trying to seduce him with a Marlins jersey? Right. Listen, this is going to come down to things that don't matter in a meeting. Uh. It's going to come down to money. Obviously, you want the most money. You go to the team that offers you the most money. We're presuming that'll be the Mets. Make me feel wanted. Right. And that's the best way to make someone feel wanted. Or it's going to come down to just, hey, I grew up as a Yankee fan. I want to wear the pinstripes. Mm -hmm. Or I want to guarantee myself a playoff spot. The L.A. Dodgers are a mortal lock to make the postseason. They're also likely to lose in the divisional series. But, hey, I'll be in the postseason. Unless you're there. What that's was that? What, that's what they'll say. That's true. Unless you're with us, Unless. we're likely to get there and lose like we always do. That's right. <laughs> so there you go. That's the latest on Yoshinabu Yamamoto. Hopefully this man signs in the next three days. One thing that has annoyed me, because I've heard this from some of my fellow Met fans over the last couple of days, there is a term that has really become in vogue over the last, I'd say like five years. Mm-hmm. It's the term punt. Ever hear that term? Punt? Yeah, not just in football, punt. Yeah, we've heard it a lot this year. We've heard it a lot. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. In football, we've yes. heard it. But I've heard it a lot over the years, and I'll give you the examples of where I hear it. 
when a lineup for a Wednesday afternoon between the Yankees and the Royals doesn't feature Aaron Judge and DJ LeMahieu because they're getting off days, Yankee fans would say, that's our punt lineup. Okay? That's a term you've heard of there. Mm. You've also heard, hey, we're not really doing anything this offseason. We are punting the season. Mm. And listen, if there's anyone who's familiar with punts, it's me. Okay? Mm. I've seen more punts. We all have. That's not just me. We've all seen more punts over the last three years than we ever imagined. And I don't like that term when it comes to a season, especially with what the Mets are doing right now. The New York Mets made a trade yesterday. We talked about it when it happened. And I gave you my honest reaction, which was, nice little trade. Mm -hmm. There's nothing you could complain about. They traded a prospect that they got back in the Eduardo Escobar trade, a guy who's not going to pitch this season coming off Tommy John, and they added a 30-year-old back-of-the-rotation arm and a fourth outfielder. Nobody's suggesting they traded for Honus Wagner. Okay, no one's saying that. No one's saying Mickey Mantle is coming to Queens. But the New York Mets acquired a player that makes them better. And because you haven't heard of them, the reaction is, ah, typical, the Mets are punting the season. Mm. They're not punting the season. Here's what they're doing. And you don't have to like it, by the way. I'm just telling you what they're doing, and I happen to agree with them, which is they're going to try to win this season without mortgaging the future. Because unlike the Yankees, the Mets don't believe they're that close to winning a world championship. They believe they can compete. They believe maybe they can make a playoff spot. And dare I say get lucky like the Arizona Diamondbacks. But no, the Mets are not as good as the Atlanta Braves, and they know it. Do you think that this means that halfway, midway through the season, you get to the trade deadline, if they are making some sort of, I don't know, noise, that the punt will become a fake punt? Is that what you're saying? Did you listen to the Rico last night? I did not. <laughs> Is that what you discussed? No, it was it was something Pete Hoffman tried on. This is the Rico Brodna podcast. I have said because of what I just laid out, I don't want to trade for a guy who only has one year of control. Yes. I don't want to trade big prospects. Obviously, Hauser only has one year of control, but they gave up nothing. What if you're, I don't know, 50, 20 games over 500? Yeah, that's what Pete said. <laughs> Pete's like, well, wait a second. What if the team's really good? Mm-hmm. Obviously, the circumstances of a season can change that. Mm-hmm. There's no question. The circumstances of where you are in a season may change what you decide to do in July and August. But as of right now, with the Mets are trying to do, and I hate the word punt. I'm sorry. It's like the one word that like pushes my button. If you want to push my button, say, wow, look at the Mets punting. Because I think it's stupid. Like That's why it annoys me. Mm-hmm. It annoys me because it's dumb. It's not what they're doing. What they're doing is, and again, you don't have to like it. What they're doing is, is they're trying to compete while not trading young players that could help them in 25-26. And it's not as if they have nobody in their starting rotation. I mean, Senga was good last year. Yes. If Sevy's healthy, he should, in theory, be good. Mm -hmm. Katana, if he's healthy, he also should, in theory, be good. And Hauser is what he is. He's a back-of-the-rotation swing arm. Like, they got better. He may not be a superstar. He doesn't make him as good as Atlanta. And the offseason is also not done. Like, we're not judging the conclusion of the offseason. But when people talk about them at offseason and say, well, they're punting the offseason. They're not punting the offseason. They have a plan. Well, I think they just, I think the Met fan who says that or anyone who says that is expecting money to be spent. And that's why it feels that way, even if it's not necessarily the plan. But I think it's, honestly, it's more prudent than what they previously have done. I think what they should do, and it kind of is something they've done in the past, is spend the money, other than a guy like Yamamoto, who you're in love with, or at least I'm in love Mm -hmm. with, you're not, we understand it, we differ, (laughs) spend the money on short-term deals that doesn't impact your future. Like, that should be your game plan. And by the way, I think it's a really good game plan. 
Like, I don't want to spend money on big contracts just to appease a couple of Met fans and say, you know what? You guys are upset. Here's Cody Bellinger. Mm-hmm. No, I don't want Cody Bellinger. Why the hell do you want that? You think he's going to back up what he did last year? I don't. I'm, I'm giving you my I, – I don't. So if the Mets came out and said, here's a five-year, $200 million deal for Cody Bellinger, that may appease some people. I'd come on the radio and scream about it. I'd say I hate it. Spending money is not just spend money and we happy, like we're just simple simpletons. Just spend money. We're happy. No. You got to spend money wisely on the right guys. So do me a favor. Tiki Barber, Sean Morash. I don't know about Lugie. He's a Met fan, but he's been quiet so far this offseason. You have not annoyed me yet. Okay? So you're on my good list. Okay. Don't, don't tell not me. Not on the naughty list. Not yet. Me. I don't know. I, I, it could be a Lugie hour tonight. I have no idea. You got five hours tomorrow. I'm driving to Florida. Got more than that. I got five and a half. But you yeah. may piss me off. I have no idea. I'll say. Do not refer to this season as a punt. It's so stupid. You know who does that a lot? I'll name names. Who? Your boy, Pete Hoffman. Oh. My boy, too. I love Pete. <laughs> we yell about it sometimes on None the None of us should claim Pete. <laughs> <laughs> I love Pete. We, uh, they're not punting this. Uh, come on, guys. They're doing exactly what they said they were going to do. They're restocking. They're resetting. They're building their farm system with also spending money. It's a hybrid. It's with the Braves, Dodgers, and everyone else is doing. Evan, you said it a week ago, and I think you're 100% right. As Met fans, we made a myth of Steve Cohen, a Thanos, a guy that's going to collect all the Infinity Stones. We, He never said this. We, in our minds, made it seem like it was going to be a thing. And if he doesn't deliver on it, we blame him for what we had perceived. Perception-wise of him. Well, he yeah. did. That's say, not fair to he him. He did say that he wanted to win a championship. Three to five was stupid, Tiki, right. and he probably regrets right. that. Well, you can't help but ex- like extrapolate what he meant when he when he says that because you weren't winning with the current roster. He should have never said that. That right. was dumb, without a doubt. And he's walked it back, by the way, hundred percent, because he that, knows that never bothered me. Really? Hmm. Yeah, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because I've heard it before. Yeah. I had an owner once say that. Not even going to bring him up. He's useless. <laughs> and I remember when that guy said it, I kind of rolled my eyes and said, okay, whatever. Yeah. But He's think, setting a goal. That's great. But, but I, I do the, not expect you to win in five years. I think the difference is with Steve Cohen, you felt like you, he could spend his way to that. And so we, or the Met fans, said, well, how else are they going to get there? He's going to spend the money. Right. But, so that's what it always became. But, but here's what's really fun as a Met fan. And I want you guys to smile about this because this is the fun part. I have an opinion that I wouldn't sign Cody Bellinger. I have an opinion I wouldn't sign Blake Snell. I have an opinion I wouldn't sign Matt Chapman. I respect someone who calls this radio station and says, okay, I'm going to tell you why you're wrong about Matt Chapman. And we can argue about it. Like, I, I know there's another side to this. I don't want any of these guys. The fact they have an owner who, if he wanted that guy could go bid and get him, yeah. that's a great spot to be in. This isn't five years ago where talking about those guys would be a waste of time. I happen to not like what's available in free agency. Yoshinabu Yamamoto, I agree with Steve Cohen on. Clearly, he's going to be aggressive to try to get him. I don't think he's going to get him, but he's going to try. And that's what I want in free agency. Like, what we can't do as baseball fans, and this would apply for the Yankees as well, but you guys have already done a lot. And by the way, I love what you've done. Trading for Verdugo, trading for Juan Soto, making this weird deal with the devil by (laughs) signing a minor leaguer named Luis Gonzalez. I mean, I don't know. But I don't want to sign a free agent for the sake of signing a free agent. I don't want to sign guys to make some Met fans happy that, ooh, this was a fun offseason. No, you have to sign the right guys. And in my humble opinion, and I think David Stearns agrees with me at least on this, Matt Chapman and Cody Bellinger and Blake Snell, they ain't it. 
They're just not. But Evan, why, in your opinion, are the Mets not going to sign Yamamoto? Quickly, like, what? Why aren't they not going to sign him in your mind? Just, if he went to the Yankees or Dodgers, follow the bouncing ball here. Why? Yeah, I think he's going to end up siding with the organizations that have had more success. Bingo. Yeah. Steve Cohen is selling a product that, frankly, is crap, and they need to get in the playoffs year in year out, so they are a more sexy place. Or, and this is how you do it with your plan: not signing yes. Snell to a horrible it's contract. Stupid. It's it's dumb because in three years we'll all be bitching about that contract. Bingo. And here's the other thing: I always use this as an example. Such a weird free agent signing, Tiki. But stick with me on this. Go ahead. Years ago, the Washington Nationals overpaid for a good outfielder named Jason Worth. Yeah. And they gave him an absurd contract. And at first, I did what everyone else did and said, ah, oh, what a bunch of idiots. And then I realized what they were doing it was very smart. They needed to overpay to get someone to come. Mm-hmm. That someone right now for the Mets is Yamamoto. Yes. So if it's an absurd $400 million deal, I get it. Right. Because the only way you're going to beat those teams that have won consistently is to go balls to the wall and pay a big number, and I'm good with that. Right. And the, by the way, that's that's always been my take on Francisco Lindor. Regardless of what people think he's worth, that's why I think it was done. Because he becomes the example of spending money. And by the way, Tiki... I'm open-minded to have debate with fellow baseball fans. The debate on Lindor is over. Agreed. I mean, can we stop? The guy's Agreed. a very good baseball player. Are we going to parse? Well, he's not worth $34.2 million. Right. Who gives a crap? He's right. good. He's good, and he was the example. Yeah. And he's worth it. I, I think that's a very good example because that was the first move that Steve made. Mm-hmm. And that's how I view it. So do me a favor. Or don't do me a favor. Maybe you just want to be a troll. If you want to annoy me, talk about the Mets punting the season. Do that because it's just... It, it's like I hear the word, I just cry. I get the heebie-jeebies. And meanwhile, I don't know what planet I'm on. Me and Lugie are like lockstep. We're going to go make out during the next break. Nice. We agree on some Met things. There's other things that we don't agree on. Teak, you'll learn this as the season rolls along. Here, Got it. Where we oh, differ. I think That's... you just heard it too many times. In and by the way, the Arizona Diamondbacks <laughs> made the World Series. Nobody's punting on the season because anybody can get in. Anybody can make a run. That's the new baseball. It's funny. About a year ago when we thought the Mets could win the division, I looked at the new baseball and said, ah, it kind of sucks, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you have this great year. You win the division. What does it mean? feels like kind of a waste. Now that we're on the other side of things, <laughs> isn't this great, guys? Of course. All we got to do is win 85 games. Just get what in. Up? Just get in, guys. Just get in. That's it. We'll get back to your calls coming up at 877-337-6666.